1: Hello, Hello.
0: Kevin? Hope. Hi, hi, Hope. Hi. It's Kevin Davis. How are you? Hi. It's so nice to
1: meet you over the
0: phone. I'm good. How are you? Yes, good. Well, nice to meet you as well. I always enjoy getting to speak to somebody new after 13 years and 1,034 <laughs> songs that I've written about.
1: Um, oh, my um, goodness. We, uh, That's
0: a lot. It, it is. So it's always a blessing to get to Uh, speak to somebody new, but also somebody who I can tell is aligned uh, with writing songs based on scripture. Um, And you happen Uh to also be a parent of girls. I actually have three girls, just so you know. I have a 20-year-old daughter who just got married recently, a 16-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old daughter. Thank you so much. And um, just as a way of introduction, I am the lead... Contributor and also the behind the song devotional writer for NewReleaseToday.com, and I've been doing that for um, 13 years. And I'm actually going to be also reviewing your record uh, in addition to doing a in addition to doing a song-based devotional conversation around for now the title track, but there's clearly other tracks we could talk about down the line. And um, yeah, the reason. And the reason I do it is I credit um, the bibl- biblical messages of Christian music for leading me to a saving faith in Christ, um, starting actually for me over 20 years ago with the first Jar of Clay record, um, uh, kind of grabbing my heart and me, re- and me realizing they were singing about Jesus and then realizing they were singing based on their faith and then me realizing I had a Jesus plus something plan in my life and committing to a uh, Jesus-only plan in my life. And uh, that was actually right as my wife and I were expecting our first baby, so that was very exciting. And then um, it kind of just morphed into, I've always been um, into music and being a DJ and collecting music, but then um, wanting to write about the scripture uh, embedded in the truth of Christian music um, and or really, you know, music made by artists of faith. It's probably a better description. Um, and then helping pay it forward and telling other people about where they can go do a Bible study um, or do one uh, through our partners. Um, and I've seen your five day one on your website. I've actually already read it. Um, and that's, that's a great context. I don't want to do that over. Um, okay. I mean, what I could include, would be maybe um, a little bit more of how the lyrics of the song personally affect you because I've heard some of that. I'd love to hear more of that. Um, also, the storm we're in now, this you know coronavirus storm um, is clearly a storm that I think has come on since she wrote the song. And yeah. a lot of what I've been writing about recently has been sort of exhortation around, uh, in a way, what I saw in one of the days of your devotional Psalm 91 type truth um, that really this is not something we should be afraid of. And I loved your reference in there uh, of the 365 references to not having fear uh, throughout God's word. I have them all highlighted just so you know. I've actually found all 365. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I love to reference that as well because that is yeah, clearly – something the Lord wants us to know. So I think we can have a lot of discussion around that and maybe dig even a little deeper into that kind of opening um, that I think you kind of have already offered people on your website. So, yeah, so with that as context, if you want to share a little bit of the songwriting story, I don't need a ton of that, but more kind of what these lyrics, you know, have continued to mean to you. And now as we lead towards, you know, the release date of the record, um, what you'd like people to take away from them, especially in light of the storm that we're kind of all in together.
1: Oh, I love that. If you take the lead, I will follow. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so if you want to start with um, kind of the inspiration, um, I know you mentioned Mia in, in the one um, ah. interview I saw. Um, so, yeah, kind of the collaboration um that you had with other artists of faith and kind of this common thing you have in common, but then a little bit more of your story, like kind of how has this sure. this truth really spoken to you in the creation of this uh, song?
1: Um, well, first, I forgot to say this earlier. Thank you for even having me and doing the interview. That's so kind of you and I'm so appreciative. And it's, it's just, I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, just getting to talk to people about the song because it actually is a song that was written not because I was trying to be an artist or because I was trying to make a record. We were writing songs in that season as a team, as a worship team. That's why I was writing with Mia Fields and Andrew all that day. And um, the, the kind of backstory for me is that very young, wanted to be an artist by the time I was 25, God really, or I kind of knew the Lord very much similar to what you said. Like, I knew Jesus as a Savior. I didn't know him as a Lord, and it was a a very much Mm -hmm. of like kind of a, a fire insurance. You know, I was in a church culture, in a Christian culture, and that was what you did. But it had not really become personal to me in a way where my life was to honor Jesus in every single thing that I did. And at 19, I had a radical encounter with the Lord. And it changed the course of my life. It was very much like what you shared earlier. It became Jesus plus nothing else. Jesus over everything. And that had such an impact on what I ended up doing with my life. Because at that point, I think for the next couple of years, I just assumed I would do music. But by the time I was 25, those doors had not really opened up. And because I was so passionate about wanting God's best for my life and what He had planned for me, I was asking those hard questions, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? Is music the path for me? Is it not? Do I need to do something else? And I felt like at 25, God really asked me to just lay down that dream and and to not pursue it anymore. And That was definitely difficult in that season, but it proved to be an incredible I don't know what you, like, redirection of my life, and I think ultimately landed me in the thing that I was really called to do, which was leading worship and serving the local community and being a part of, you know, ministry full time, which is what ultimately led me into going on staff at a church, being a worship leader. and So I did that for a very long time. I did that all the way up until 2013. I was raising a family, had two daughters. Um, But by about 2013, a lot of stuff had just kind of happened in my life. My parents had gone through a divorce after 32 years. I... Really struggled with postpartum depression after my um, first daughter. Um, there was just a lot of things that were kind of coming at me as a young mom who was working full time, raising a family. And it was that, that second moment that became actually the most hit, you know, that kind of that second moment of a radical encounter with Jesus. And at 33, in 2013, I really just kind of had a little bit of a crisis of faith and a crisis of myself and the stress and the anxiety of that season just got to me. And I, I really just kind of broke down and was like, God, I, I don't know how to do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to be a professional Christian. Like, I don't want to just be a professional ministry person and just going to church all the time. You know, I I actually want to know what freedom and healing looks like. And that's what I'm preaching, and that's what I'm talking about, But I need to experience it in a radical way. I need to experience it once again in a transformational way. And I just feel like in that season, the Lord really began to speak to my heart and just said, you know, Hope, you're free. Or you're Sorry, um, I felt like the Lord said, you're saved, but you're not free. And I've come to give you abundant life. I've come to set the captives free. And my inheritance to you is freedom, but you have not learned how to live in the fullness of it. And I say all that because that's what led my husband and I ultimately to making a really big shift. I ended up coming off staff as um, a worship leader and really focused that season on healing and raising my daughters and really just digging deep and being like, God, I, I feel like there's another level of foundation that I'm missing in this season. So I took, I just kind of allowed God to strip a lot of those titles and a lot of those jobs away. I was at that time I'd been leading worship at our local church but I was also traveling the world leading worship, conferences and different events and God just said no more. And it's in that year that my family ended up finding this little gathering in a basement with Henry and Alex Seeley, which ultimately would become the belonging. And it was there that God began to really deal with the deep, deep roots of insecurity and fear and, Um, Lack of, to some degree, identity. So much of my identity for years had been wrapped up in being a worship leader or being a singer, and I felt like God was like, we're gonna have to kind of strip some of this away and actually go back and rebuild where your identity is so rooted in me that you know who I am and that you trust me no matter what you face and no matter what you go through. And It wasn't just a few years later that we were writing Um, as what I mentioned in the beginning, Mia and Andrew and I had gone away to write, and I probably missed a couple steps. I should go back. Over the next couple of years, I really did experience healing and freedom with Jesus at another level. I just would show up week to week at this little basement gathering, and I would just feel the presence of God begin to just reveal all these deep roots of things. I just felt like God just began to really do this deep, complete work in my soul and in my mind. But you know, the reality was that doesn't, just because God does a deep work of healing, it doesn't mean that you don't come up against something again that maybe you faced in the past, you face it again. And so the day we went to write, I was still kind of wrestling down some demons. I had started writing in that season and I felt insecure as a songwriter. I felt like I am late in life starting this journey. What am I doing? I'm the weakest link in the room. And so that thing of insecurity kind of wanted to rear its ugly head again. And it started to cause, I think, fear in me, fear that I wasn't good enough, fear that I wasn't um, going to be able to bring to the table what what I was meant to bring to the table, fearful that you know God wasn't going to be able to, to use me if I wasn't able to really figure out how to navigate the season well. And I made lots of little just missteps here and there. And so when we started writing the song that day, Mia came in and she was really dealing with the weight of disappointment. I was dealing with the wave of insecurity and fear. And, you know, what we had learned in that season was I don't always know how to think my way out of a situation, but I can pray and I can worship my way out of a situation. I can, I are. I can worship my—I better should say it—I can worship my way through it, and I can move myself from the place of fear and doubt and disappointment and insecurity and worry to a place that's rooted in the promises of God by confessing them. And as worship leaders and singers, you know, so often our practice of confession is writing songs and singing them. And so that day we just begin to tackle those issues by grabbing hold of all these promises from God's Word not because we were like these giants of faith that day, but actually because we were very weak and we needed strength that we didn't have on our own. And so we turned to the one who is um, our source of strength and we began to just literally sing the lyric, write and sing the lyrics of the song in that moment for our own lives and for our own situations to move us to a place of faith. You know, I think so often we can miss the fact that what we sing and what we say goes back to a very basic principle of out of the mouth is the power of life and death. And I think it's so important that when we are in seasons that feel really heavy and really hard or we know there are seasons that God's dealing with deep stuff, it's so easy to confess all that feels wrong or feels negative or feels difficult versus grabbing hold of God's word and confessing it until you feel it. And so that's what the song is. It really is a song that moves you from where you are to where God has promised you can be even in the midst of the storm, that even as you're facing whatever storm you're looking at, it's real and it's there, but there is a promise in God's word through his presence and through through the, the things that he has spoken over our lives that we can root ourselves even in those moments so that we're not drowned by the waves of whatever storm we're facing. And that's really kind of where that song
0: and, and what it, it continues to be, even to the day. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because No, 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 it's perfect, because what you what you did, which is what I was asking you to do, so thank you for doing it, was expanded on what I've actually already seen online. And I figure, figure the best way I can serve you as an artist is to kind of take what you've already shared and apply it on whatever... Deeper level that I can, but also talk about how it speaks to me as well. Because that is really the beauty of art, is once you kind of take it from being just your own, like me eavesdropping on your prayer, which is kind of what it is when I get sent the the pre release, um, to eventually um, everyone who hears it getting the eavesdrop on your prayer, to then us giving um, basically community. Correct, yeah, we basically get to have a community response that we can all say yes and amen, and that is the ultimate um, uh, solution or really it is the right. ultimate um, strategy the yeah. Lord wants to give us uh, is to be able to speak it out and then live it out right so I feel yeah. um I'm actually on your day four of your of your devotion, but <laughs> I did reference I referenced I that. that and and the reason I'm on that one is, is I feel like that is the application um, it, that I'd like to dig into, right? So I know, I know the scripture. I mean, as we already talked about, I could sure. list 365. I could list 365 scriptures, um, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, I won't. I will list a Mark 4:39 though, because I like that yeah. you did like a Mark Bible Mark Bible study. Because I feel like you know he got awesome. up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, "Quiet, be still!" Exclamation point. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he's really giving us um, a model there, right?
1: Yes, there's so much packed into this scripture. Uh, I was like, I feel like I could write an entire year's worth of a devotional on this scripture, if I were being honest, because you hit it right on the money. Like, he's not only our, this is what I love about Jesus, and I think it's why it's in the New Testament, because if this story was in the Old Testament, um, I, I don't know that the picture of how Jesus would have painted it would have been the same. Because in the New Testament, Jesus is coming to actually, obviously, die on a cross, pay this penalty of our sin, and set us free. And therefore, we're going to end up having an inheritance to all authority that is in Jesus that will now live in us because of that death and resurrection. And so... What I love that's happening in this scripture is that Jesus is, what you said, not only painting this picture of, I'm your rescuer, I am your savior, I hold all power and all authority that when I speak, the wind and the waves obey me, but I'm also trying to show you the same power and authority that is getting ready to be given to you on the other side of this storm. Because of my death and resurrection. And I just think it's so easy sometimes to want God to just silence the storm, if that makes sense. Like, we just want Him to be like, just make it all go away. But I think the reality is that Jesus is actually trying to explain to us that, like, I'm not, like, I am giving you even authority to speak to this, not in your own strength, not in your own power, but you're able to speak to this seasons and say, no, actually, I, I'm aware that you're happening. I'm aware that this is going on. I'm aware that this circumstance is difficult, but there is one who is greater that is with me and who is in me, and I actually don't have to bow and be submissive to the thing that's happening right now. I actually can look my eyes up to the one who is my helper, and he will actually sustain me with a peace that passes my understanding and doesn't make sense for this moment. I mean, I have had beautiful, beautiful friends that have experienced tragic loss through the death of children. And every single time, one thing that always blew me away is that they would say, I don't understand it, but there is a peace in this grief and this sorrow that makes no sense, but it is just, me even in death. And I think that is, if there is anything more powerful uh, than the picture of what Jesus can offer us in the midst of the deepest brokenness and the deepest that comes from nowhere else but him, but a peace and a hope that only he can offer. And so I'm just, I love, I love this passage and I think it's really important, I think the other thing that I so love about Jesus in this picture is, and I think I talk about, I forget which day I talk about it. It may be in day four. You know, the, the disciples, when they're on the boat, they're panicking, right? Like they are freaking out. And I think that so relates to where our world is in this year. You know, we're in the middle mm. of a pandemic that we do not understand. We've never been in this before. And I think a lot of times how we react, to a crisis is very indicative of what has been what's it, that because oh of how deep is the well that you've been digging is a plenty meaning you can either respond to crisis with peace or you can respond to peace. and the disciples up. And Jesus isn't upset with them because they panic. He he recognizes, like, okay, I get it. This is scary. But how interesting is it that Jesus was asleep on the boat? And I think he was asleep on the boat because he knew that he had to go and he had to be away with the Father and he had to rest. Like, he had to actually go get alone, be with him, allow his body and allow his mind and allow his spirit to rest. And isn't it funny that this pandemic, Forced us into a moment of rest whether we want mm. it or not and the reality of what do we do in the middle of rest like when when we're in when we're in the season when it's not a storm because right the storm hadn't come just yet and Jesus happens he's already in a place he's not thinking from a, a hope I carry father is a I, I move and I power of the Trinity. So one and so I think for us as believers, you know what ha- what's happened in the middle of this? Have you just in your rest run to numb fixes, or have you run and rested with the Father? Because it will make all the difference as to whether or not you panic, or do you have to? Right? And and I and I want to say this peace doesn't mean you, like, bury your head in the sand and you're not aware of what's happening or aware of the situation or or maybe even, you know, knowing that it's hard and it's a struggle. But the peace that can come in it is, is something that's much deeper in it. I trust God even here. I trust God even in the midst of it. He is my father, that he is my protector, that he, he is the one that goes, and I'm going to do the same thing right now that I was doing when I was resting, which is trusting him, or I'm going to do the same thing right now, which is freaking out and trying to figure this out on my own that I was doing when I should have been resting with the father. I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: totally. I yeah. think,
1: I think this has really been a moment that it highlights what's really in the depths of our soul. And you know what? There's no shame in if, this year in particular has surfaced places of weakness in your soul and weakness in your heart of trusting God. You know, I love that our our God is not one who shames; He's one that pulls us up and brings us higher. He's one that is able to confront where our weakness is, so that He then can make us stronger. You know, and I just think this scripture is. Incredible. And I think, you know, I think I even re- referenced in day four, you know, Jesus says, Do not be afraid 365 times in the Bible. Like, he's obviously very aware that this is a daily struggle for us. And I would be lying if I didn't say, I haven't had my own fears in this season. I mean, my goodness, I'm launching a career. My husband and I have four local businesses, and I have two young daughters that I've had to have. You know, do virtual school with and navigate in this whole season. And there have been days that I've sort cried out to God, like I don't think I can do all this. This is this feels scary. This feels overwhelming. This feels difficult. And and if that was the thing that I just landed on, then it would be very easy to start worrying and start freaking out and start living from a place of stress. And you know, there have been moments that that's, that's happened. But then I've had to go back. And you know what? Like, God, I know that you called me to do this.
0: And I know that
1: there's a grace somewhere in here. And there is a blueprint somewhere in here that's yours for me and my family. I'm going to have to spend enough time with you to actually get that download. And so, you know, I think for people, if they're finding themselves with sin and they don't know what to do, like, get, just get away with the Father. Like, if it is Five seconds in your car, where you're just saying, "God, help me, show me where you are in the midst of this storm, because I want to attach myself to you. I want to attach myself to the word of God that is my anchor. It won't fail you. It will. It actually will move you past that moment of fear and past that that moment of, you know, maybe panic into a place of like, okay, no, I'm going back to when I." he's with me and he's for me and he's going to sustain me. But, you know, just like it says, things, you know, in the vine, not just like right. sitting around the tree hoping that we're our lives are going to bear fruit because we're sitting next to the tree. We actually have to be in the vine. And I think even that in itself in this pandemic has been really eye-opening because I think church culture can really create, not intentionally, but just, that we're all thought we're sitting by the vine, right? We're going to church, we're doing Bible studies, we're serving, we're doing all of these things for the body of Christ. But maybe we're not actually spending time with our Father and like actually allowing Him to make us on a daily basis. And so, the difference between being near the vine and being in the vine has a massive impact on what you do and how you respond. When the world around you starts to crumble, you know whether you prepared for it or not.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, that is so awesome, um, hope because I feel like that's what people need. Right? They need um, New Testament truth um, that Jesus has already fulfilled these promises all throughout Scripture not that yeah. we're still waiting for him. We're not still waiting for it. Um, you know, and I think Sorry. that's important, right? Because so much of I think where the fear comes from is people kind of uh, not being sure where to put their trust. And you yeah. do reference that throughout this song and other songs in the record. Um, I feel like if there is a thesis statement, um, I hear in the record, it's, it's trusting the Lord, right? It's It's that basically um where you 're getting your hope and trust, you know what who you know what is being set free about you know who is our promise keeper, what are you singing your way through you know and so on right i I really know that is the 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 theme and by the way, i like that I like when there is an artist who who has a a calling um to share what 's on their heart and not trying to um, workshop songs for a record. Um, <laughs> well, I think, so, so I think that, yeah, yeah,
1: sorry. No, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean
0: to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so I just wanted to ask relative to that, cause I do have, um, I actually have another meeting in a few minutes. I already let him know. I'll, I'll call him soon. Um, is, um, for the record itself, right. Cause we've really focused very wow. much on this song and the message of this song. You know, what are some of the other, you know,
1: high-level
0: high, uh, <laughs> high level themes you would want yeah. me to touch on in reviewing the record? I want to make sure I, I get that um, from you as well. Well, I
1: think you kind of were actually kind of touching touching base on it because the thing is, like, a lot of this record, I didn't write it trying to make a record. Like, Phil, um, Love Like This, Who You've Always Been, Sing My Way Through. Um, I I didn't write them when I was making a record. I wrote them when I was living my life, and I was actually taking the principles of what I knew to do as a believer within the thing that God has called and crafted me to do, and basically going, I I have to figure out how to worship my way through a scene, mm. or I have or I have to take the Word of God and infuse it into my mind and my spirit in a way that I allow the presence of God to shift the atmosphere of my own life and my own heart. And so for me, this record, I think, is such a picture of who I really am as a believer and who I am as a worship leader. My hope and my desire for this record was I don't want to just give people a bunch of songs that are pretty. I just think that's there's many people that are called to do that, and I love that, and I'm, I, I think that's amazing because I art is incredible and it's beautiful. But for me, I wanted to make a record that actually I could hand off into the hearts and the minds of people and allow the songs to actually become their own weapons of worship, their own declarations of praise, their own songs that would sing them through whatever they're facing them through whatever they're walking through. Sing, sing out what they can believe in. That it actually would allow them to have encounters with living God, who I do a hundred percent believe brings freedom and healing and hope. And I, I think that that is what my heart was for every song off this record. You know, love like this is such a personal song. I wrote that song after. I had to go to someone I very much love and had to apologize i had I had hurt them and I had I needed to ask for forgiveness and I remember they just an incredible generous amount of love and forgiveness to me that really took me back because in my past when I had hurt people it, it had tended in some situations to just kind of be an end of the relationship right and so I was kind of bracing myself for that, and this person just said, "I love you. I forgive you. Like, I'm here. Let's like let's just keep building together." And it it did something in me that I wasn't prepared for, and it highlighted this lie that I believe deep down. I think not just about humanity, but even about God. That if I if I mess up, there's going to be some level of consequence, and there's going to be level of punishment. And I remember just sitting in the car and, and just being like, God, I have never known like a friend to love me like this when when mm-hmm. I'm the one that hurt them. And I remember just as vivid as can be, I just I felt like God just said, Hope, I have loved you like that your whole life. And I needed you to experience this so that you could understand the kind of stuff that I have for you. Love that you don't have to earn a love that you don't have to work to keep, that every time you mess up, I'm going to give you a chance. I just, something happened in me that day, and I I began to sing what was actually the original, like the first draft of the chorus and the bridge right there in my car. I almost wrote half the song in my car, just as a response to what God was actually saying to me. I just began to sing out what what was happening in my heart with me and Jesus in my heart. And later on, I I ended up showing it to our worship pastor, and he just said, Hope, I think people need to hear this song. They need to, like, there's something here that's more than just word. Like, this is, I think that this is God's intending to actually be sung over people where they can actually experience, what." Like, You experienced when you started writing it, and you know our church ended up doing a live version of it. So this will be the first studio version of it. And I cannot tell you countless stories that people have sent me. I don't know what just happened when I listened to this song, but something broke off of me, like the lie that I'm not loved, the lie that I'm not good enough, the lie that because I failed and I messed up, God will never ever forgive me. I've never experienced a feeling like this, like I, I mean I can't tell you the number of messages I have received about that and I think that that's, that's very all. much true to see still people experiencing I'm experiencing tangible peace that I've never I've never known before I'm, why, why is my anxiety my fear feel like it actually does subside when I listen to this song I think it's because mm. one I wasn't trying to write these songs to be a fitest I was writing these songs because I was literally trying to actually live my life out hand in hand with Jesus. And these songs were just my journey. And and as a worship leader, I think at the end of the day, like I think that these songs are my way. How do I say it? I feel like God pastored me through these songs Mm. in my own life. And I hope that as I hand them off, that I can somehow in a very small way help pastor their own hearts and pastor their own lives and help them in the brokenness and places of fear and places of doubt and whatever it is and, and pastor them in a gentle way back to the heart of the Father and the foot of the Father and the arms of the Father where I know he brings life, hope, Redemption and reconciliation, and and sets us free, honestly, and gives us that abundant life that I was so desperate to find at nineteen, and again at thirty-three. And at the end of the day, that's the heart behind the record. You know, start over is again super personal. Um, it I wrote it with Nia Fields again, and then Canton, and that whole story, that whole song we wrote last year, the last song I wrote for the record. Um, I was I was dealing with some anxiety at the end of last year and I, I went in that day to write with them and I just was open and honest' it's like I've just been struggling with anxiety in the season and I and I'm, I'm doing all the things that I know to do I'm just disappointed that I'm that I'm struggling with it and I, I'm embarrassed and I feel like I I should have been further along and I was like and the reality is I've now walked enough life with Jesus but I know it that he wants for me. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to run. I have too much history of trusting God and knowing God's heart towards me, but I know his goodness is in this deep. I wish I could start over. And Mia began to then share that her, her that day had um, gone into rehab. And it just was such an easy song to write because it was so honest because I spoke spoken that day and Mia through such a broken season with her sister and and I wanted to write a song from the person because it's actually what I truly believe is that with there is always a point that we can start over and that he sees our pain and he's with us even when we find ourselves in feeling seasons of healing that feel like setbacks, you know, it's healing doesn't always just come in this pretty package. Sometimes it makes us but really, Jesus is going. Sometimes backwards is actually going to be the way forward because we're actually going to move forward in a whole way versus a fractured way. And I hope for people that hear that song. Honestly, I pray that that song will land in the hand, in the in the ears of non-believers. Because I think it's Jesus that He comes to say, "I new life. I've come to make you." Life. I've come, I came so you could start over. And I just hope that when people hear it, it's just. and it and it heals places in them that they feel. is irreparable or unfixable. That they will know when they hear that, that Jesus is. Okay? Like it's safe to kind of be vulnerable with me, and it's safe to let me heal those places. But I so desperately want to make. Well, again, um, you know, and then there's other songs I could talk. About. I mean, the hope of Jesus, I love that song. I wrote it with Jason Ingram and John Smith, and I I can't get through that song without literally feeling like mm. I'm going to explode on the inside. Like there's something about that song that literally li- I feel like I just could, like the heavens could explode as just such a powerful statement that the hope of Jesus never fails. And, you know, the bridge of that song happened um, kind of spontaneously in the studio. We were just playing around and hunting around with it. And Jason, because I'm a worship leader, he just threw a mic in my hand. And he, I remember him just saying, just sing whatever feels right to you. <laughs> and I pretty much sang that whole bridge, like, in one pass. Like, it just came out of me. I, we didn't sit there and craft that. That literally is what I sang the first half of it. And then the back half. We ended up this, like two days before we went into the studio. I looked at John and I said, "I think we have to tell the power of Jesus being risen from the grave." I was like, "I don't know what that means, but I think I think we have to add that in the back of the bridge." Mm. Like, okay, because it was like, well, of course, like every sickness and every disease and every fear has to break because of because of what Jesus has done. But it was like something, and we just knew we had to like drive home why every sickness breaks why why that those chains break and sickness it doesn't have any power and so and I love that song I cannot wait to start leading that song live I just think it's uh, just something in the room <laughs> but you know that's awesome.
0: so well talk well that
1: I know you have another call <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, no, that was perfect. That was a great way for me to almost like re-listen through the tracks with that
1: uh, I same know.
0: perspective, right? I like I like the perspective because I want to, and I, it's one of my rules. I actually don't start writing until I've listened through a record um, like five times through, and I think oh, I've wow. I think I've gone four. I think I've gone like four times through, so. So, I believe oh I'll be getting ready I'll be ready to really write once I kind of you know continue <laughs> well, to hear the theme. Like? Oh yes. I, I mean, actually, um, as far as another one for us to talk about, uh, right away, um, what I was noticing was set free, um, mm-hmm. ap- appealed to me from a um, like oh, there's a, a captivity that people need to be set free from right now that's also related to this virus <laughs> that I've been realizing. And so so there was so like almost yeah. as like a good follow up to this conversation. I was kind of already there. Um, but yeah, yeah no, um, you've actually highlighted the other tracks Hope of Jesus for sure start over for sure. Yeah, those were all the ones I wanted to know more about. So thank you very Set-free's much.
1: really cool. Um, yes, I'll, I'll give you the five seconds. Set free is a really cool story. There was a guy at our church that was giving his testimony, and he had experienced trauma as a child and had just lived with years and years and years of shame. And basically, through a long series of events, he ended up going to a counselor and, like, really unpacking it and really dealing with some inner healing. And he was sharing his testimony one day at church, and he just said, I just, I no longer feel the chains of shame. I've been set free. And I was leading worship that week, and I was standing side stage, and I, I felt like that thing, that, when he said it, it was like my knees almost buckled because I was, I thought, oh my gosh, how powerful would it be if if in this room right now every single person could say that over their life and could That over their life, and I really wrote kind of like again the first draft of the chorus, just standing side of stage because I just thought I want a song that actually declares that people have been set free. How powerful for them to actually sing it over their own self like that I have been set free, and sin has no power, and or shame has no power over me. And so, I really love that song because I think people are going to underestimate. Or could underestimate maybe the power of that song in the sense of we weren't writing it again to just be on a record. We really it was a very intentional song that I hope gets church and that worship leaders lead so that their congregations can actually be singing those words over themselves and hopefully reminding themselves. Of that.
0: Yes, amen to that. That's actually how I close my devotionals. Um, and um, have you, are you hearing me? Okay, hope.
1: Yeah, are you hearing me or
0: no? Well, no, no, I have. Just every now and then, I've got these AirPods, and I, I like lose okay, like dang. half a half a word, but I've got you. I do have you. <laughs> oh no! So, I was
1: saying. I know. That was-
0: yes. So, so yes. Yeah, so, in closing, I'd like to just pray over you and the release oh of the record, and you. for our time today, and the and you know the Holy Spirit to take over in both writing about your record and your song. So, uh, and then I look forward to us talking again. Uh, so, Lord, thank you, thank you. Yes, well, thank you so much um, for my sister Hope, uh, for her family. I pray over her husband, her daughters, um, her her music ministry, Lord. I just pray that these songs. Uh, which are burst out of her time in the Word and her time in prayer and her life experiences, Lord, um, that the people who need to hear them uh, do get to hear them. And that for the unbelievers who encounter the, the truths of these songs, that they do come to have um, seek after you with their whole hearts, Lord. Um, I know that's Hope's prayer. That's also my prayer. And I do pray over this time that we've had, where two or more gathered, we know you are here with us, Lord, um, that your holy Spirit will guide me in the words of how to write about her album um, and try to um, encourage people and encourage um, her in in sharing the truth um, of these words and how to help direct people our John three thirty moments um, that we must decrease, but you must increase, Lord. And then also, as I write about peace, be still, just just the power of that message um, that you, help bring to the surface the most um, pressing information that people just really need in this time of turbulence, um, that they can be set free from that, and that they can find that peace that you desire for us to have, Lord. That does um, pass all understanding, Lord. We're grateful to be called your children, um, and we uh, do dedicate all of this time and all of our future ministry in the name of your precious son, Jesus. And we pray this right now in your name, Lord. Amen.
1: I did want to make one little note. I, I probably yeah. need to ask, I did. I probably need to ask Mia. She's said I can share the story of Darna, her sister. But maybe yeah. for this piece, if you don't want to share that she her sister went to rehab, maybe you could just word it like, Darna just shared that her sister was also in a seat in, in a hard season or something. Or you could just highlight what I shared about me, just because I want to get yeah. his approval before that would be uh, in print. If that's okay,
0: no, no problem at all. And I, no, I won't actually. I will just mention you co-wrote it with her, but I will really focus on on what you shared. I tend not to do the yeah, second secondhand. I tend I tend to yeah. focus more on on awesome. your personal your personal application because that's really the heart behind I mean, yeah. this. It's not, it's
1: exactly. not journalism.
0: Yeah. I'm not doing journalism. Yeah, yeah. I'm really just being, I'm really just writing a devotional. Yeah. So, so really awesome. from that standpoint, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Um, That'll be fine. And so, no, you don't even have to bring it up to her. I won't, I won't reference it at
1: all. Oh, no, it's great. No, I, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So lovely yeah. to talk with today and it was such an honor
0: Yes, you as well, Hope. I look forward to our next conversation. Whether it's, it's, I'm sure it'll be about one of the songs we talked about. But what be, what's <laughs> beautiful so, yeah. about <laughs> my yeah, what's beautiful about my song-based devotionals, I I get to have ongoing conversations with artists about yeah, songs. Yeah, that's
1: amazing. It's
0: not it's not just the one-time release of their record. It's it's sometimes over a couple of years we talk about multiple songs. So so I'm sure as the Holy Spirit leads me. I will be reaching out again and saying, hey, can we talk about this one? And you sound like you'll be ready to go. So I'm excited about that. So thank you. It was great to meet you today, and I will be praying over um, the release of your record and your ministry. And until thank we you. do talk again, really all the best. I
1: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, all the best and God bless until we talk again.
1: Okay, sounds great.
0: All right. Thank you, Hope. All right, okay. take care. And uh, you'll be seeing my review Probably by tomorrow evening I will try to get okay. it. I mean, you may not you may not see it immediately, but you'll you'll it'll get to you, I'm sure.
1: Okay, that sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> All right, very Thank good. So All much. right.
0: Uh, you're All welcome. Right. Take care. Uh bye-bye. Bye-bye.